episode 13 of Taekwondo The Shame Chronicles. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm Melanie. And I'm Josh. Uh, we still need a little bit of work on our intro, I think. <laughs> um, so, I guess just to, to get started a little bit, Melanie, um, you recently had a birthday. Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, I think it's considered rude or a faux pas or something to, to tell everyone what your age is. Um, well, um, except that I think uh, it's my golden birthday, as I've been recently told. <laughs> yes, it is. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like you can tell people when it's your golden birthday. Is that the same same year for everybody? No, it's like the, when your birth year falls on the day uh, of the month. Month, oh yeah. But we haven't so. told anyone when your birthday was yet. That's true. That's so it true. could be anywhere between, say, twenty, well, whatever the last episode we recorded was, which was the twenty second. So anywhere between twenty two <laughs> and twenty nine. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So you were just made aware of uh, the golden birthday thing? Yeah, I had never heard of that before. Um, and I was really hoping that it was going to be like... Uh, I, th- I was hoping that my birthday... Well, I wasn't as concerned about the day. I was hoping that my birth year, like the year I just turned, would fall in the same week that the baby just turned. <laughs> But it, it didn't. It didn't work out that way. It was close. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I found out about the whole golden birthday thing uh, last year on my golden birthday. I think that's one yeah. of those things where it only happens uh, <laughs> once once you've reached your your actual golden birthday. Right. Well, nobody told me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I totally missed mine. Oh, you did miss yours. Yeah, that's so sad. Uh, I'm okay with it. <laughs> well, we are probably some of the last to know because we all have um, birthdays in the in the twenties. <laughs> so those who were born on like you know the 14th or something, you know that boat sailed a long time ago. Right. I suppose if you were born on like the seventh or something, you might be able to have like a, a golden squared birthday <laughs> at some point. But but we'll probably never have one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that kind of sucks. Yeah, that does kind of suck. I wonder. Well, I was just thinking how how does that work if you're born on um, February the the twenty ninth. <laughs> yeah, you might miss yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if that doesn't happen to fall on a leap here. Yeah. I guess it you never will, right? Yeah, you would miss it. Yeah. Uh maybe if it was like a weird um Well, I guess it always falls on an even year, so that would never happen. You yeah. know, at, at some point in the future, I mean, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but the the tides, the pull of the moon is actually slowing the rotation of the earth down. So at a certain point, uh, where the leap, the current leap year schedule that we have isn't going to make sense anymore. At what like, point will that happen? Uh, I think it'll probably, um, I think it'll probably be off in like 
couple hundred years. Where we'll have to uh, skip an extra leap year, I think. Well, there's already like a weird, complicated schedule because it's um, basically every four years, you know, we have the leap year, except right. multiples of four hundred. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's <laughs> just because it's not there's not exactly, you know, one fourth of a year extra every year. Sure. Uh, it's like slightly, slightly less than a fourth of a year, and that amount of time is um, decreasing as the the spin of the Earth uh, slows down a little bit. Huh. Well, that'll be after our time, right? So. Well, yeah, not probably. if we make it to our golden squared birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't. I don't know if you guys remember um, in two thousand, but we didn't have a leap year then. We didn't. Nope. Huh. Because it was a multiple of four hundred. Hmm. Wow. So what? It, those people just didn't get a birthday for eight years. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That sucks. <laughs> I'm sure they celebrate on like either the twenty eighth or the first anyway. Yeah. Except for except for you know on leap year. Yeah. So if you had a leap year birthday, would you rather celebrate on the twenty eighth or the first? Well, I'd rather celebrate it on the twenty eighth because you get your presents sooner. <laughs> 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 or whichever day is like not a crappy day, like like if one of those days is a Monday, I probably wouldn't celebrate on a Monday. She would play it year year by year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would just always choose, like, the Saturday that's, like, closest to my birthday. <laughs> I think maybe I would try to uh, to get really specific about, like, the quarter of the day that, <laughs> that my birthday <laughs> falled on. Fell on. <laughs> falled. Um, so, like, uh, you know, the the first year after a leap year, it would be, like, the beginning or the beginning of uh, March 1st. And then the next year it would be at like six AM or Yeah. Or whatever. Right. <laughs> and then force all your friends to like celebrate with you at that exact time. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like I guess you could do that regardless of when your birthday is. <laughs> yeah. Celebrate You're your like, both birth moment. <laughs> I was born at three oh seven in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. suck. I guess the uh an, an upside to leap year birthday would be you wouldn't get all those like random spam emails from companies that know your birthday because oh but what know. about uh what about your starbucks birthday i knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mean the birthday that starbucks knows about <laughs> yeah no, not no, the, the day that uh, the anniversary of your first Starbucks visit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is my coffee birthday. <laughs> oh, I should totally have one of those. <laughs> yeah, if you have a um, one of their rewards cards, you get like a, they send you a free drink certificate for your birthday. But you don't have to use it on your birthday, so I maybe know, they would send it. But... They might not, I don't know, I would think they would just send it to you. That that anyway. would be pretty funny if their, whatever their 
you know, automated system it is that goes through their customer records. Just like yeah. every day goes through and says, here are all the people who had birthdays today. Uh, but yeah, just skipped over it on, yeah, for three years, <laughs> three years out of the four. You know, I never thought of it, but maybe that's why, um, whenever you have to enter your birthday on something online, it never actually, well, it's probably just easier this way too, but it always has like one through 31 for the day and then you pick the month. So it's never like, like April doesn't have 31 days, but I guess you could pick 31 and it wouldn't even know. <laughs> they might. Uh... They probably, yeah, it probably does some validation or something. Yeah. Or like uh, as somebody who works, uh, you know, with computers, um, programming things like this, mm-hmm. you can sort of set the uh, the date parsing library to be sort of strict in mm-hmm. which case it wouldn't allow that as a date, or you could set it to be sort of non-strict, in which case it would choose, uh, like, May 1st. Oh. Because it but would I just wonder... add, add the number of days to the month, to the beginning of the month, and you'd end up in, in May. So. But would it know that there wasn't a leap day, like, a, there, that that day didn't exist during certain years? Yes. Yeah. I wonder how much... Of a hassle this is for people born on a leap year. People forget about them, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, well, maybe we should um, ask that to our audience. Maybe one of the, <laughs> the 30 or 40 people who listen to this have a birthday on leap year. Or know somebody uh, who does. Oh, man. What if you were twins? And you were born on leap day, and then your twin was born the day after. Because <laughs> you were born, like, right at midnight or something. That would be weird. That would be so weird. And then they well, would get a birthday all the time, and you would only get one every four years. Well, yeah. they would only get one once a year. It wouldn't be all the time. Well, they would feel like all the time. <laughs> and their parents oh, would be very... Very strict about it and be like, no, it's not your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be like, you'd be like, I'm older, I came out first. And then your twin would be like, yeah, but you're only four. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think? I mean, what do you think happens with twins who are born on separate days now that, I mean, not even taking into account leap year? I don't know. I'm sure that they, I'm sure the one who was born first brags about it all the time. <laughs> you mean? You mean if they're born on, like, different days? Yeah. Like, if one was born at, like, 11.55, and then the other one yeah. was born at, like, 12.05. You would you would just have different birthdays. You would. It'd be weird, but you would. Yeah, I can't... Yeah. That, that would be totally weird to be twins with somebody and have a different birthday. <laughs> yeah. It might be nice, though, because you'd, you'd have something of your own, you know? That's true. People should try to do that. Yeah, but what if you were second... <laughs> Well, Wouldn't you always feel like like you should be equal, but that somehow <laughs> the universe conspired against you? Well, I don't feel like people born on the well, born the day before my birthday are better than me just because they were born the day before me. Yeah, but what if they were an exact genetic replica of you? <laughs> what if it was also like it was the last day of the month too? So they were born even in a completely yeah. different month. Or, oh man, or I wonder how much this happens. Or a different year. Yeah. Yeah. New Year's Eve babies? Yeah. Oh, or man. New Year's New Year's Eve twin babies. 
<laughs> so you okay. got to have the you, you you had the last baby of the year and the first baby of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so greedy. <laughs> uh, what if you had triplets and the third baby wasn't born for another year? <laughs> <laughs> or it was it was a leap year. <laughs> no, no, never mind. Or what if uh, what if you were born and you split your astrological sign, so that one of you was like had a totally different personality because of uh, you were born five minutes later. <laughs> I bet this has happened. I wonder if anyone's um, done any studies on, like, these twins versus other twins. I mean, I know that, like, in, like, uh, like social or psychological experiments, twins are, like, the most sought-after subjects, uh, yeah. identical twins. But I wonder if anybody's ever done comparisons between two twins <laughs> based on this very minute difference. <laughs> I wonder how hard they are to find. I want to find some. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, to anyone in our audience, if you, if you are a twin, uh, and you were, you happen to be born on leap year, but your, uh, your sibling was born, uh, the day after the day before, um, we'd like to know about it. <laughs> We'd like to perform some psycho psychology experiments <laughs> on you. <laughs> I don't even know that many like multiples. We have a friend here who is a is he a triplet? He is part of a triplet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't think that his birthday falls anywhere near uh certainly not New Year's. I don't think it's a I don't know when it is actually, but I feel like that's something you would tell people. You'd be like, hey, my name's Melanie. I'm a triplet. And also, I have a different birthday than my, <laughs> than my uh, other multiples. <laughs> my other, my other twin was born a year, a year before me. <laughs> oh, what if it was triplets and two of them were born on one day and then you were born on the next day? That's even worse than if you were twins. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it would be they fine. They would be like if... twins. I, yeah, I think it would be fine if one was born, uh, like in the previous year, and then the the two were born in the next year, because then, um, you know, the one could feel unique uh, right. for being born first, and then the other two uh, wouldn't feel so bad about being born second because there are more of them. Right, but if it's the other way around and you're just the last one, yeah, yeah, that's just sad. like an afterthought. I mean, it could could be worse, right? I mean, like with Octomom, what if there were seven born in the previous year and then you were the only one? <laughs> yeah, bringing yeah. bringing up a topical Octomom joke. <laughs> Maybe in that case, if there are so many, then you would feel special. I wonder what the threshold is. Like, if it's two against one... Yeah, that's sad. But if it's like five against one, you just feel special. Sure, yeah. That's, yeah. I bet four is the cutoff. <laughs> four? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like quadruplets or quintuplets? Quintuplets. I bet if you had four siblings all born in the another... The day before you? Yeah. 
it could go either way. Three, I would still feel jealous that I was the one left out. Four could go either way, but five, I'd be like, nah, I'm special. Yeah, because you'd always be the baby. Yeah. And But with with four older siblings, <laughs> older by a couple of minutes... <laughs> Uh yeah, you'd probably you'd probably just feel unique. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, so I think we uh we need to get a research grant. <laughs> yeah. This. this is this is very important research. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody uh society needs to know. Uh yes. Okay, well, anyway, Melanie, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh happy happy golden birthday. Um, somewhere between 22 and 29. <laughs> um, and, uh, I guess let's, uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, you've been listening to Taekwondo and the Shame Chronicles. We'll be right back. <laughs> okay, we're back. <laughs> um... <laughs> That, uh, that reminds me of Organ Trail, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the the rarely used uh, Oh Susanna uh, ver- uh, Socrates version of that song. Uh, it actually goes on for like another uh, 30 seconds or so, but I figured that would be too long to play. So, <laughs> yeah. Am I correct in thinking that Oh Susanna was an old minstrel song? Anybody? I don't know. <laughs> I think it uh, might be. Yeah, for a second I thought... Wait, are you talking about minstrel or menstrual? <laughs> we uh, had min- minstrel with an eye. Minstrel, okay. Yeah. Josh said something to me the other day, and I thought he said menstrual then, and he said minstrel as well, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I probably I, do... pronounce them exactly the same way. Well, I was... Well, Sorry, the reason why I asked is because originally I thought minstrel, but then the song is called Oh Susanna. Yeah. You know, there's a woman in it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And she's crying because he says, don't cry for me. Don't you cry for me. Oh, I actually don't know the words to that song other than... like, Oh Susanna, Susanna. don't you cry for me. I'm going to Louisiana with a banjo on my knee. Yeah. Yeah, is there is like there that. more that makes it? A yeah, there's more song? than that. Well, I think it's related to the uh, the banjo and uh, the whole. I don't I don't actually know enough of the lyrics, but I think that I think I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, "She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain"? Is that also a minstrel song? <laughs> uh, it could it could be. Okay, Wikipedia. Wikipedia says I'm right. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a minstrel what song are, by Stephen Foster. What are the what makes it a minstrel? Well, you don't have to read it, but what does it refer to? Um. Well, the banjo on my knee refers to musical instrument with African origins, but the song takes it takes its beat from the polka. Uh-huh. And uh, lyrics. It's just like it's part of it is about like the way that it's performed oh. like with uh, 
uh, that word that I can't think of right now, where dialect, um, some, yeah. Vernacular? That's it, yeah. <laughs> um, it also has the N-word in it, I believe. Oh. Really? Uh, Great. Yeah. Why do they teach that song to kids? They probably don't, don't they teach, teach that specific part. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you yeah, only know the first line right to that song. <laughs> I guess that's uh, probably true. Um, I wonder what other songs I grew up with that are like that. Well, like, some of those songs from, like, the Civil War, like, uh, the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the original lyrics of that was, was about, like, John, John Brown's body. Um, oh. Like, mold, moldering in the grave, I think, are the lyrics. Wow. That's a, a some dramatic language for a song. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intense. Well, I did think that, oh, Susanna, it reminded me of the Civil War. Yeah, like when like the when we played the little, yeah. I don't know what I imagined. I well, I mean, I guess I just took the song literally to mean like a woman on a stagecoach with horses pulling her around a mountain. Oh, the other song. Should be coming around a mountain. No. Oh, is that not what you were just talking about? Were no, you talking about oh, oh, Susanna? Was... Yeah, but I was oh. saying that maybe that one is also. So, uh, well, I mean, we... six white horses, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess if you if you wanted to call um, coming around the mountain like a menstrual song, <laughs> you could you could maybe make some some comparisons there, like coming around the mountain, uh-huh. uh, six white horses, low, right? <laughs> what? Yeah. I I just said she, she'll she'll be coming around the mountain is referring to um, Aunt Flo I believe in that case. Oh right sure <laughs> yeah uh, and then she'll be riding six white horses those could be like uh, like tampons a tampon regiment. <laughs> regiment. <laughs> Isn't that what the doctor prescribes? <laughs> yeah, here's yeah, your like an antibiotic regiment. Yeah. Wait, isn't it regimen? Yes. When it's, when it's like medicine or a routine or something, isn't it like regimen? What's a regiment? That's a uh, military unit. That's what I thought. Yeah. Well, so it could same be thing. either. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's the cavalry. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway. Um... <laughs> Sorry about that. <clears throat> uh, so... Other than, you know, old-timey minstrel songs, um, I wanted to talk about um, movies. I know you guys have seen a couple movies lately, and uh, I saw one yesterday that I wanted to talk about. So, uh, what what movies have you guys seen, and which of those ones do you actually want to talk about? I think really the only one we saw since last time was um, The Five-Year Engagement. We saw also... Um... A few weeks ago that we ha- we never talked about, uh, we saw Jeff Who Lives at Home. Oh, yeah. Which has the same person. Yeah. Uh, Jason Yeah. Yeah. What did you see, Kyle? Um, I saw uh, Cabin in the Woods. Okay. I heard it was good. Yeah. 
it was so I don't know if you guys have seen the preview for it. Um, I have. I have it. Well, if you ever if you plan on seeing this movie, it's probably better to see it without seeing the preview because the preview gives a little bit away. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not it's not just your standard like slasher horror movie. And, right. and that's really all, all I'll say. But it's like, there are definitely some like scary, um, like kind of typical horror moments in it. But it's mm-hmm. a lot more fun, <laughs> uh, a lot more entertaining than just that premise. Okay. So, Isn't it um, a, uh, a Josh Whedon film? Yeah. Josh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. he co wrote it, uh, with one of the, one of the guys who co wrote Lost, I think, and also wrote uh, Cloverfield, which, oh, I've okay. never, which I've never seen. But no, um, that guy directed this movie. Okay, but uh, but yeah, it's just um, it's really really interesting and really different uh, from like your your stereotypical horror movie. So I I totally recommend seeing it, and if you haven't seen the preview. Uh, don't see it. <laughs> don't watch the preview uh, before watching the movie. Okay. All right. So you would, rec- <laughs> would you recommend it even to uh, someone who doesn't really watch horror movies very much? Uh, I would say that it. There are some like if if you're uncomfortable with like uh, like gore and sort of uh, you know <laughs> scary moments in in horror movies. Then uh, there are some parts in this movie that will will get to you, but it's about it's about a lot more than that. So I don't know. You probably would still find you'd probably still be entertained by it. I would yeah. say. Okay. Did you ever see that movie Hostel? No. Okay. Well, that was about like the grossest horror movie I've seen. So. Yeah, I like from seeing the preview of Hostel and seeing. Um, hearing about and seeing the previews of like the saw movies like that style of uh sort of um like where the having somebody be terrified about of their impending death uh-huh. <laughs> like like that that uh sort of feeding off of somebody being terrified that's not the thing that I want to get out of a scary movie right. like like I'm okay, like I'm okay like uh, like rooting for somebody to get away, even knowing that the monster is like probably gonna kill them. Um, mm. but that's that's not why I why I like to see scary movies. That's why I don't like Frozen Planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a, a documentary slasher pick <laughs> flick. <laughs> yes, it's terrible. It really is. It's true. Have you been watching it? Have we talked about this already? I can't remember. Uh, you asked if I had seen it last time, I think, and um, uh-huh. I told you the short answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, but I can explain the long answer now. Uh, basically, okay. something weird is going on with my cable, uh-huh. and even though I'm supposed to get this channel, every time I turn to it, it tells me that it's unavailable, like temporarily unavailable. Oh. And I've just been too lazy to call my cable provider. But so I tried to record it, right? But since it was unavailable, it didn't record. And then I missed the. It's like a, it's like a pretty long series, right? Well, like that's similar in like, 
was like five six. or six weeks. Okay. Yeah. Well, I missed like the first two because of the recording mm-hmm. problem, and then figured I'd probably just I don't know pick it up on DVD or Blu-ray or something when it comes out. Okay. Well, I will say the first. I think the first episode is the most traumatic <laughs> for oh, me. Yeah. Yeah. They kind of um. Uh, in a couple of the episodes, they don't focus as much on animals. Like there's one where it's like sort of how you see sort of the behind the scenes of them making it. And then there's a different one that's focused more on like people that live in these extreme climates. So it's not as much about animals, you know, like killing other animals and stuff. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Anyway. (laughs) So did they, did they do a marathon on earth day? I think they did. Okay, because they did the same thing with um, Planet Earth a couple years uh-huh. ago, uh, which was when Lauren and I started watching it. We basically watched the entire marathon, like all 10 or 12 episodes or whatever it was. <laughs> right. And then, uh, like, immediately went out and bought it on Blu-ray as well. Yeah. I don't feel like Planet Earth had as much... Um... Death? Yeah. Maybe there it were, did, though. There were a couple of episodes that did, but a lot of them were more focused on, like, here is the, like, weird or cute or crazy or whatever behavior <laughs> that the animals in this in this climate have. Right, like mating dances and stuff and, like... Yeah, or, like, here's a... Here's a blind salamander that lives in a cave, like, a mile under the <laughs> earth. <laughs> right. Oh, I just remember the little birds that jump out of the tree. Oh, the ducks? Yeah, that's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, onto the <laughs> onto the leaves down below. Yeah, it's so cute. This there's a lot in... of good. Uh, frozen, Go there's a lot of good penguin action in Frozen Planet. Yeah, there is. So, Stephen, if you're watching or you're listening and you haven't been watching Frozen Planet, I guess you don't want to watch it because he's afraid of penguins. <laughs> I think we might have talked about that last time too. <laughs> but let's keep uh, bringing it up. <laughs> I I think it was when um when we were trying to decide if it was okay for Jews to eat um aquatic oh, right. mammals. Right. And then and then Josh pointed mammals. out that penguins are not mammals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so well, did you guys want to talk at all about five-year engagement? Was it good? Well, I'll start by saying that uh, I saw on CNN a, a news ticker at the bottom that said, the five-year engagement, colon, just another rom-com. <laughs> and well, I yeah. thought, this is headline worthy. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Um, and then uh, before we saw the movie, they had uh, a critic who came on to talk about a couple of movies, and he talked about it and gave it a C and said that it was entertaining, but not that great or whatever. Um, I but think we Flix- went and- Flixster had a similar rating, I think, from yeah. Critics. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty funny. I was sort of... It was... Well... There was nothing, like, surprising about it, like, that made it very different from a lot of other romantic comedies. 
Except that it had a different feel to it, I thought. And maybe because the actors are not like Bradley Cooper or whoever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they just, they were just like, I don't know. I just enjoyed the actors in it, I guess, is what I'm saying. Wait, are you saying that you don't like Bradley Cooper? Well, no, I like Bradley Cooper. I'm just saying, like, there's, like, he brings an arrogance to anything he's in, I feel like. <laughs> That's because, <laughs> you know? uh, that's because you've seen Limitless, that's why. <laughs> that's true. That movie's so terrible. Is it? Um, I haven't seen that movie. Yeah, it's... I thought it was pretty awful. You should watch it. it. It's really bad, but you should watch it at some point. <laughs> Just to get on a short tangent about Limitless, that movie is like... If you honestly got the power that he gets from taking this pill or whatever, you wouldn't do any of the things he did. <laughs> and that's why that movie's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Uh, well, what are the some of the? Well, first of all, what's the power that he gets, or is that spoiling something? Oh, he. Well, he starts out as a writer. Uh huh. And this pill like opens his mind, so he can like use more of his brain than anybody else. And okay. he suddenly can like learn things very quickly. Like he can pick up languages really quickly. Um. And, and can, I think like, his, his perception is, his sensual perception is a lot quicker, so, like, he can sort of see what things are going to happen. It's not yeah. like he can see the future, but he can say, oh, I can tell what this person's about to do because I can pick up on all these signals and stuff like that. Right. But he starts out as a writer, and he writes a book really quickly when he takes the, the pill. Um, and then you think, like, it's going to be about that but it ends up not really being about that <laughs> yeah he um, just really I, basically turns into an awful person yeah he's <laughs> I like think how the first many chicks can i power... sleep with yeah it's not, it's, he doesn't even write the book first he goes out and gets laid yeah <laughs> and then he's like okay i'm gonna write a book <laughs> so, stupid. so uh does he get a tumor and die at the end no that's uh flowers for algernon <laughs> you guys read that Is book it? No. no. <laughs> I just love that you just compared those two things, though. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what happens at the end. I know that I, I know that I am. Um, I was like, for the last fifteen to twenty minutes, I was like, I'm so over this movie. I can tell you what happens at the end, but um, he doesn't like he doesn't die of a tumor. So okay. Well, the That's reason why. I... Sorry. Go ahead. No, well, didn't, didn't we watch that movie on the plane coming back from Italy? Yeah. Or going there or something? Coming back. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, the reason why I was asking about getting a tumor and dying is because what you described sort of sounds a little bit like that movie Phenomenon. Oh. Yeah. With uh, John Travolta. <laughs> With, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were just uh, talking about that movie recently, too. Yeah, we were oh, talking yeah. about that and uh, that movie Michael he was in, where he was in the <laughs> I was, I was just <laughs> thinking powder. about that movie the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, what we said did, was, I don't really like to admit it, but I really love those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I like Michael, and I love the song that Andy McDowell sings. Um, she's like... Pie? The song about pie? Or the song about... Or the song Boyfriend. about uh, flat tires or yeah. bald hair yeah. and 
bald tires. When, when we uh, <laughs> we had a flat tire uh, on our way to Texas, we had it in El Paso, so we barely made it out of out of town. And uh, and I remember um, we had the dog with us, so I was Josh was like he was in the Walmart, sort of taking care of the tire issue, and I was with the dog, and I literally was sitting on the curb singing that song. <laughs> 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 what is it? It's like sitting in the middle of nowhere on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. It's so ridiculous. And the only part that I really remember about that song was that she said something about uh, his tires went bald and then went flat. So did our love, and that was and that. That was that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing I was thinking about that movie the other day, which is weird that you guys also talked about it, um, is that, you know how all of the women in that movie think that he smells like some, like, different baked good? Yeah. Yeah. And he's always eating sugar, like, like, just pouring sugar onto, like, his cereal and, like, eating, like, every, everything he can get his hands on that have sugar in it. Um, I thought, of, I sort of had the impression that maybe he was, like, uh baking things inside of him (laughs) (laughs) just like converting all that sugar into like baked good pheromones or something (laughs) like he had a little (laughs) cheesecake heart (laughs) i like that i like that idea (laughs) that's why he was so big (laughs) (laughs) that movie was weird because um there was the it was like two skeptics that came along like right. throughout the movie. It was like uh the the girl and then the two guys. And I think one of the guys was like ready to believe but the other guy was still pretty skeptical, but they saw like physical wings sticking out of his back pretty <laughs> early on in the movie. Yeah. Like if I saw that and I could see that like the mo- the wings were like moving and like articulating of their own <laughs> accord. <laughs> I would be, uh, I don't know, probably not as skeptical as those guys. Yeah, but I don't necessarily think that wings make you an angel. Well, that doesn't matter. I mean, they weren't... I I think they were skeptical about the supernaturalness of it, not necessarily the... Like, whether or not he was an actual angel or not. Ah. I would at least want to... I would want to see where the wings connected and... Right. Uh, you know, see what if they had any machinery behind them or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he end up like uh using his power to like bring a dog back to life? I feel like that's true. And then and then all of his feathers fall off. I think so. Yeah, I think whenever he does miracles he starts dying or something. Or at least it well, there's like the scene at the very end where he's like walking around in a trench coat all secretively or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the implication in the movie, anyway, was that uh, he was just sort of like out of those people's lives now, mm-hmm. but that he still had all of his superpowers. Huh. So, not that he was a flasher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you remember this movie very well. I do not. <laughs> Uh, well, this is a little bit like um, last time when we started talking about A Walk to Remember, and uh, I believe you said, I don't really remember the movie very well, and then you gave like 12 <laughs> minutes of plot 
synopsis. <laughs> and then I think after uh, after we got done recording, you told me that you watched it like two weekends ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched part of it. I didn't see the whole thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I watched like the last half of it. So, um, but yeah, uh, five-year engagement was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> Chris Pratt, um, who's in Parks and Recreation, uh, he's he's in it, and he kind of, well, Josh said this after the movie, that he thought he kind of stole the show. I thought so, too. He was really funny. Yeah. if if Even if you, like, don't like the entire movie, there's this one scene where he sings this, um, like, Spanish love song. And it's, like, beautiful and hilarious all the same time. <laughs> like, he has a really good voice, but it's yeah. just, like, the, the context for what he's doing is so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And it's coming out of Andy from Parks and Rec, so. <laughs> right. I've never actually seen Parks and Rec. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't like that. I don't really watch a lot of TV. Yeah. We don't watch a lot of regular TV, but we still watch, like, the Thursday night NBC shows. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen, um, like, The Office in probably two years either. Yeah. It's actually well. been alright. My really understanding is that uh, Pam and uh, Jim are married now. Yeah, you haven't seen it since before they got married. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's been more than two years. Yeah, I think that's probably like three. Yeah. I think the last one I saw was like the one right before uh, Jim proposed. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot has happened since then. And also Michael left. Right. And who took his place? Who? Which actor? Well... There's a new actor on the show, but he didn't really take his place. Um, what is that guy's name? His name on the show is Robert California, but he's uh, he's from those like old 80s movies. Um, I can't believe I can't remember his name now. I can't remember his name either. Is it Dolph Lundgren? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's close. That? <laughs> <laughs> He played Drago in Rocky IV. No. Um, <laughs> it's uh, James Spader. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, James Spader. I was trying to think of John Hughes. He was in a couple of John Hughes movies. Okay. Um, but yeah, so he plays. He's a he's a new person on the show. For Maybe a I'll have to. Will Ferrell. Oh really? Yeah. Well, maybe I'll have to catch back up on that show. I don't remember why I stopped watching it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still decent. Like, it's definitely changed since um, Steve Carell left, but I think it still has some pretty funny episodes. So. Hmm. Um, I started watching um, The Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. uh, about a week and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... Somebody at work loaned me the first two seasons on DVD, and uh, that show's actually really funny. Yeah, I haven't like, seen it. It's uh, it's a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be like a... You know how like the whole 
geek chic thing is popular, mm-hmm. but it's more of like a hipster thing where it's like people who sort of dress nerdy. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, without but actually can't actually do math. Yeah. <laughs> but this show is actually it. Like the main characters on the show are a theoretical physicist, an experimental physicist, uh, an engineer who graduated from MIT, um, and another like cosmologist or something. So like the the characters on the show are all geniuses. Uh-huh. Um, but the the fun of the show is that one of the characters is like he's like far and away smarter than the rest of the like super smart people. Uh, uh-huh. But he's like super socially awkward, <laughs> um, and so uh, that's pre- that's pretty much what makes the show funny is watching him interact with everyone. So <laughs> I've heard that it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, the other Jason Siegel movie that we watched recently was Jeff Who Lives at Home, which um, I didn't even know about it actually um i think we were just looking for a movie to watch and we saw that on the listings and then we looked it up and it had him in it and um ed helms and uh what's that woman's name susan sarandon yeah uh and some other people and i was like oh that actually sounds pretty good yeah, I didn't know anything about the movie. We just decided to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw a preview for that movie at 21 Jump Street. Hmm. Oh, really? It is I didn't a, show it at ours. 20, 21 Jump Street was... That was written by uh, that guy, right? I'm having Kyle's problem now. I can't <laughs> <laughs> it was written by Jonah Hill. <laughs> yeah, Jonah Hill, who's like a, a Judd Apatow... Like, uh, kind of, um, prodig- prodigy. No, that's not the right word. <laughs> prodigy. <laughs> yeah, actually, progeny is, is sort of what I was thinking. He's, uh, Joan, uh, uh, Judd Apatow kind of like is responsible for his success. And I think it's the same thing with Jason Siegel. Ah. So that's, that's but, the connection between those. That's what I was trying to say. I see. But the other, the other guy behind the movie is, um, Oh my god, we none of us can remember names today. Um the guy who is behind the puffy chair and Oh yeah. The uh the blank brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the something brothers, whatever their names are. Wow. Um anyway, but they're they do <laughs> these guys do uh these two brothers have have made a bunch of movies that are more like um Ferelli. The no. Ferrelli brothers? No. Some other no, brothers. They're, they're smaller than that. Duplass. <laughs> Duplass brothers. Duplass, yeah. Mark Duplass <laughs> and his brother, Jay. Yeah. And um they in the past they've done more like indie movies where they just get a small cast and they basically just say like, here's what's gonna happen in this scene and then everybody just sort of improvs. So they don't actually have like a script for um for their movies. Huh. And they've they've done several movies that way, but I guess um, that's not how they did this one. I don't think so. No, this one I think was all scripted. Yeah, I think isn't that called Mumblecore? Yeah, that's the movement the or whatever movement, that they're. Yeah. 
That's a really stupid anyway. name. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of a stupid <laughs> name. <laughs> they had this one movie, and I can never remember the name of it, but we were just telling somebody about it the other day, um, about these two guys that are like old friends, and um, they are like at a party, and people are talking about the this like uh, amateur porn film festival. Um, where they'll take entries for the, for, for like just by random people or whatever. And so uh-huh. these two friends decide that they want to make a gay porn film together just to like <laughs> prove that they can. <laughs> <laughs> and so like the entirety of the movie. they think it'll be like, they think it'll be groundbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> and, but the whole movie is about them like trying to gear up to like make the movie and stuff. Um, was that called, um, Hump Day? I think it was. <laughs> I think it was, too. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> this, this movie was not anything like that, so I don't know why I just said all that stuff. <laughs> we see some pretty strange movies, actually, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Jeff Who Lives at Home was uh, actually really good, too, I thought. And Ed Helms, who um, plays Andy on The Office. Andy? Yep. Yeah. Andy. Um, he is like a completely different character in this movie. Hmm. So for that alone, I thought it was worth it. Because like, it, it's kind of unbelievable how different he is, I think. Yeah, he was the kind of guy who uh, has, uh, you know, business dinners at Hooters and <laughs> uh, decides that he needs to buy a Porsche. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Not to uh, offend anyone who has business dinners at Hooters. Or bought a Porsche. Uh-huh. I'm sure well, a think, lot of our listeners fall into yeah. that. Well, I, think the, I think the offensive part of that is that you mispronounced Porsche. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I hate it. saying it that way. <laughs> Why? I just hate it. Is it because you're homophobic? No. Why would I be homophobic? Against Portia de Rossi? No. (laughs) Okay, but her name is actually spelled with a T-I-A at the end. (laughs) That's true. So it makes sense that you'd pronounce her name Portia. Well, I mean, Portia is, um, you know, in Italian. Right. That's how it's pronounced. Sure, and if I was in Italy, I would say Portia. Just like I would say, is that a Fiat 500? <laughs> uh, did we, do you ever tell Kyle about that? I don't know. Did I? I don't think um, so. So we, I got this app on my on my iPod for our Italy trip, and it was like, it just taught you like a couple of phrases that you might need to know in Italian if you're visiting. It was, but it was sponsored. Yeah, it was a free app, but it was like sponsored by Fiat. And uh so in every category of like things that you might need to say, they had something about a Fiat in there. And it was like, <laughs> is that a Fiat 500 or 5000 or whatever? Um or like uh would you would you like to get out of here? We can take my Fiat 5000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like would you like to go get a drink and come come look at my Fiat 500? <laughs> Uh, have you guys um have you guys ever seen uh any of eddie izzard's stand-up comedy yeah 
Yeah. Have you seen Have you seen his special where at the end he's talking about like the phrases that you learn in French? Um, I don't think so. Basically, he does like the last fifteen minutes of one of his uh, stand up routines entirely in French. <laughs> um, he he leads it off by saying, you know, when you're first learning French, you learn things that like you would never actually say to anyone <laughs> right. in your life, and it's like. Uh, like the monkey is on the table or you know just like it's basically i guess if you were to say that in french the word monkey and table might have similar uh linguistic properties um i don't know if that's true or not but uh basically uh he he talks about going to france um and like <laughs> talking about like a situation where he might be able to use all of these words but he he does the whole stand up routine uh in french and despite the fact that it's in French, it's still, like, completely hilarious. <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, that's probably enough about movies and all the other things we talked about. <laughs> um, let's take a break. Uh, we'll be right back on Taekwondo and the Shame Chronicles. <laughs> uh welcome back. Um guys, uh it's going to be a, a bit of a shorter show this week, but uh we did get a couple of emails in. Um so I figured we'd wrap up the show by um reading some of these. So let's go to the first one. Uh this is from Mom. Uh and it's kind of long, so bear with me. Uh so she says in regards to the experience at your office building, I agree with you, Kyle. I think that given the communicated security directive with your building, and the fact that this guy was not carrying anything or looking like he was in need of assistance, you behaved in the appropriate manner. And therefore, his comment, manners, was completely uncalled for. Should you have called him out for it? No. He's not worth the trouble. Who knows what was going on with him that possessed him to feel your behavior was in any way inappropriate? And my guess is by you not reacting to his comment, he was probably even more offended, looking for some reason to proclaim his self-appointed and inflated sense of superiority. <laughs> wow. How exhausted he must be at the end of the day. Smiley face. <laughs> Just my two cents worth. Uh, I like your tax slash contribution idea as well. Uh, I was completely lost on the super nerdy science versus segment. But I give it to you all for the very intelligent discussion, especially the part about particles having pain. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she says, congratulations to Steven for winning the haiku contest. Uh, love, Mom. So uh, right. I just want to say, um, the guy who passively, aggressively said manners behind me in the hallway, uh, <laughs> My mom says you're an idiot. <laughs> I think also if you happen to uh, see him in the building, then you should say that to his face. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna print out this email and just leave it on the outside of the door. <laughs> I'll just uh, remove all the names. Uh, that he'll know. He'll know it was him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll just put the, like uh, a. She, 
Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I'll put like a big title uh, at the top of the page, like in like big bold faced font, like size uh, like forty point font that just says regarding manners, like R E colon manners. <laughs> you should just call the guy manners because it's so close to man, and. It's just, it's like... <laughs> Well, have you ever heard somebody called uh, Duder? Yeah. Or, yeah, so it would be sort of like that. Yeah. Hey, Manners. What's up, Manners? <laughs> uh, Josh, you were going to say something? Oh, um, in the email, she mentioned something about tax stuff, and I, I just don't remember what we were talking about. Oh, um, th- we were talking about how sometimes, uh, as as couples with our significant other, we will have arguments just to argue, and um, my idea was that uh, corporations and individuals oh. wouldn't be able to contribute campaign com- campaign or political donations more right. than a certain amount that they were taxed. Right. Right. Okay. So, did you and Lauren ever talk about your great idea? No. <laughs> she she never replied to my email and I forgot about it. So <laughs> maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll bring that up the next time I talk to her because I literally haven't thought about this in two weeks. So, <laughs> um, okay. Well, thanks, mom, for writing in um, and for siding with me. Not that I thought you would side against me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so our second email is from Stephen. Um, oh, and this is another long one, so uh, uh, give me a second to prepare my mind for reading this much text. <laughs> uh, okay, so he says, Hey guys, the sequel to Hatchet was called The River. Yes. I read it in... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read it in grade school to write a paper on how sequels change from their beginnings. It was actually about the kid from Hatchet going back into the wilderness with a writer who wants to write about the kid who is now older and how he survived. Somehow, though, the writer ends up sick and unconscious, so the kid has to take him down a river on a makeshift raft in order to get uh, back to civilization. It's not terrible, but it's nothing really to call a literary achievement. Oh, I like that idea. <laughs> It sounds to me like um, someone needs to be investigating this kid and why all these uh, really horrible things happen when the kid goes out <laughs> into the woods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like in the first book, um, you know, this is why they don't allow uh, passengers on airplanes to bring hatchets anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is obviously a pre-9-11 uh, uh, novel, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wonder if a kid reading it today would be like, holy crap, how the hell did he have a hatchet on that plane? <laughs> uh, okay. When we were talking about that um, last time, it reminded me of uh, in some Wired magazine a while back, they had a, they have this <clears throat> most dangerous object in the office segment. Uh-huh. Uh, where they usually describe some object that really doesn't have a place in the office, but you could potentially see it happening. And there's like a um, a multi-tool kind of thing. You know, it's got like pliers and knives and like, screwdrivers on like it. A, like a leather man? Yeah, like a leather man. And there's one, there's a version that has um, 
like a tiny little hatchet on it. <laughs> and they basically said, it's basically, you know, totally useless, but uh, you could have a hatchet on you at all times if you needed to. So, it looked Very pretty small. funny, too. <laughs> um, okay, so that was the first part of his email. Uh, thank you for clarifying the, the plot points of, of the river. Uh, I think maybe I had it a little bit wrong when I said that he... Well, I mean, he still wanted to go back and prove that he could do it again. I just didn't realize there was another person there. So, um, oh, I thought Stephen was saying like his version of it. That's really what was in the book. Yeah. Oh. Well, Wait, that sounds you... great. Wait, did you think that he made that up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which which part of what I read made you think that? <laughs> he said he read a report on it, but then I thought. Maybe he... I don't know. I was confused. I get oh, it now. Okay. Yeah. I see the light. Steven, Steven wrote a report on it, but he didn't actually write the book. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. So the next part of this email, um, as far as Mel thinking I was Jewish, it actually started with Christmas shopping with Zach. He called her started? and mentioned... <laughs> he Sorry, called her I and wanna... mentioned that we were at the mall doing our Christmas shopping and that I was looking for a chain for my Star of David pendant, which I do, <laughs> in fact, have and still need the chain. <laughs> he then told Mel that I was Jewish. I think, it was, <laughs> I think it was over a year later that I told her I wasn't. Uh, I love shellfish and regularly eat cheeseburgers, which are not kosher, uh, because it yeah. is the meat and the milk of the same animal on the same plate. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, did. I didn't think of that. I would eat a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> but only to gain its power and make sure there is one less penguin in the world. Well, okay, I was just going to say, I didn't realize that there was a, a law uh, in, in Jewish law against eating... Uh, two things from the same, two different parts of the same animal on the same plate. So you could eat, yeah. you could eat like a hamburger and then maybe eat the cheese later if it's on a different plate. Yeah. yeah. But you can't huh. eat like eggs and chicken. Actually, is it just, okay, is it just that you can't eat two different kinds of food from the same animal or is it you can't even mix animals? Well, his um, email just says the meat and milk of the same animal, right. so now I'm not even certain if it's, you know, like, I don't know, maybe if you had, like, a like a hamburger and, uh, like, some barbacoa or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a two, like, two different product groups, like, this is the meat of the animal, this is the egg of the animal, or this is, like, right. the milk of the animal. I mean, they can't even be prepared in the same place at the same time. I don't think. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's just, I think it's just dairy and like meat. Right. So, like, if you um, if you went to a restaurant and you wanted a kosher meal, and they served, they would serve you like not the not the two things that you can't have together. If they still make those things together in the same place, it's not kosher. Hmm. Yeah. Or they prepare them or whatever. So, obviously you guys aren't Jewish, but do you know the reason for this? 
I don't know. I th- I think a lot of the original um, kosher laws had to do with like health concerns, um, like sanitation or whatever. Yeah, like like a lot of the the uh, unclean animals were ones that like if you didn't cook them well enough, like pork, you could get trichinosis. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I get that. I guess maybe you could, maybe you could have the same problem with like um, milk and meat or something. If if you're cooking those together or something, you might cook one to like perfect preparation temperature or something, but the other one might be undercooked or something. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I only thing I could think of would be like that. Uh, it would just be weird to like with milk um, that's like that's sort of like the product of like an animal mother and then maybe the meat that you're eating it with is like a, the mother <laughs> <laughs> or like maybe maybe it would be like her offspring or something like that so I don't know that doesn't so wait. sound like a reason to <laughs> me <but. laughs> does, does this mean that when dad always made us drink milk with our meal if we'd been Jewish he wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I think you could. No, you could still do that. You wouldn't be able to like. You would have to have. Well, actually, I don't know now. <laughs> we'd, we'd have a, a pre-meal uh, milk drinking time, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe post-meal. Yeah, I used to sit at the table so long that my milk would go would get warm. And then it's so gross. Um, but I sometimes could convince dad to let me pour some of the milk into my bowl of ice cream. <laughs> Cause like I, he wouldn't let me have dessert until I finished my meal. Um, so I had to finish my milk first, but I could like, that was like a loophole that, that sometimes worked. <laughs> sure. This actually this sounds a lot like uh, the way, you know, kosher things work sometimes. Like, well, what's the loophole for that? <laughs> Uh, I want to, okay, I want to talk about one other thing he said, and that is that he would eat a penguin, but only to gain its power. <laughs> I'm curious what power you guys think a penguin might have. They're really fast swimmers. They are really fast swimmers. Yeah, so maybe like an animal that looks, looks and acts really slow on land, but is pretty quick and agile and graceful underwater. Maybe Steven also wants to be able to slide around on his belly. Oh yeah, they do that a lot too. Maybe uh, to lay eggs, or to protect. Um, as a male penguin, the I think the emperor penguins uh, are the ones that have to like hold. They they hold the egg um, against their bodies like all winter. Right. Isn't that right? Yeah. While the while the mother penguin goes <clears throat> off and like eats food. Eats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe he just wants the power of uh, being nurturing. <laughs> <laughs> or withstanding <Maybe>. extreme cold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so that's the first two parts of this email. <laughs> okay. There's more. Uh, he says, I would love to come on sometime, but probably not until the semester is over. Right now I'm buried in essays, which is far different from how I wish to be buried. <laughs> in an unmarked grave with my enemies and hockey cards. <laughs> <laughs> With his enemies. 
<laughs> yeah. And I think he's talking about the penguins again. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we have a we'll have an open invitation if you ever want to join Stephen. Um, we'd like to have you on. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. Part well, four. <laughs> or do you have something else to say, Josh? Well, I was just going to say that he should also realize that if if that's the same day that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's going to come on, he'll probably get bumped. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, unless you can, um, I mean, maybe you're the reason that Philip Seymour Hoffman is joining. Yeah, that's right. true. In which case, I would get bumped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, or I guess in that case, um, I mean, Stephen, you have your own podcast. You'd probably invite him on there instead of inviting him to our podcast. <laughs> Don't steal him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, PSH is ours. <laughs> you get a different guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can have, um, uh, crap, the guy from, uh, the guy from, uh, No Country for Old Men. Which one? Tommy Lee Jones? <laughs> no, the, the killer guy. Oh. No. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember his guy. name. <laughs> he could have, uh, Paul Giamatti. No, I want him too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, you, you still have an open invitation. Um, and if it happens to correspond with, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman being on the show, uh, we'll bump Josh. So, um, part five, <laughs> uh, when you guys go to church, do they have signs that say no food or drink allowed in sanctuary? The church my mom goes to doesn't. So I used to bring donuts and sodas into the service. <laughs> But the church we've been going to had those signs, and it gets me all confused when they do uh, communion. I just wanted to share this with you guys for no useful purpose. Um, no, there was, well, there was never a, a sign that said no food or drink. Um, but there was uh, sort of an implicit rule that you well, I mean, in Catholicism, you're not allowed to eat within an hour of taking communion, right? Um, eat or drink anything other than water. So uh, that's something that at least was taught to us at a fairly young age, I guess, probably around the time that we had first communion. Yeah. Um, but then also uh, at one of the churches that we went to, I distinctly remember the church, uh, the father, being really angry about some kids uh, chewing gum. And then uh, throwing their gum onto the floor, and about how expensive it was to get out of the carpet. See, I don't remember that, but I remember that we weren't even allowed to chew gum before. So maybe that's <laughs> where I got that from. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't. I mean, we were we were pretty good Catholic uh, children, so we didn't have any of these uh, gum chewing problems that all of the other <laughs> all the other hooligans had. Uh, all these heretics. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but no, I don't think there was ever any explicit sign that said that you weren't allowed to. It was just, it was just sort of one of those um, unspoken rules, I guess. But as for the suggestion that it would be then a contradiction to serve communion, also in the Catholic Church, they don't consider that food either. So, because of transubstantiation. Right. Yeah, they consider that to be flesh and blood. Right. Which so. is not the same as donuts. <laughs> yeah, do- donuts and sodas. 
<laughs> yeah, so this, is, this is actually the main difference between Protestants and Catholics, I believe. <laughs> the the lax food rules. <laughs> yeah. And then you take it a step further, and then you're at uh, Judaism. That's what... right. <laughs> yeah, there's there's nothing in the Bible that says that you can't bring donuts into church. <laughs> that's, so, that's oral tradition, I think. Yeah. So if you, I mean, if you interpret uh, the Bible literally, then I mean, if it doesn't explicitly say it, then I'm I'm assuming that you can do whatever. Uh, okay. That's why, have, that's why we have so many problems with uh, downloading uh, stuff from the internet. Right. <laughs> I remember being at another um, mass where this was in College Station, where um, at St. Mary's, uh-huh. the father told everyone there, and it's you know it's like ninety percent college students who go to that church. Um, and we had a sermon about how wrong it was to steal. Um, and then he talked about Napster for like thirty minutes. <laughs> they had they only had three main. Uh, three main homilies there. One was about internet piracy. One was about <laughs> um, abstinence slash abortion. Um, and then the third one, I don't remember what it was, but I remember every time I went to church there, it was one of the three main things that they like talked about. <laughs> yeah. And there was a lot of like, uh, it was a big like social thing for a lot of college students to go to that church. So I preferred uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. Because of that, yeah, same here. The uh, the locals' church, <laughs> right? Townies, that's yeah, that's yeah. Townie <laughs> church. Uh, okay, so part six, <laughs> we're almost done, I think. Uh, he says, "Oh, and Peter Tork went on to become a professor of philosophy." Uh, were we talking about Peter Tork? Was he in the monkeys? Oh, probably. That's probably right. <laughs> I could go back and compare with with the last email that we got from him, but uh, I'm too lazy to do that. Um, he goes on to say, and the Death Clock song you were talking about is called Hatred Copter, uh, and is on their first album, The Death Album. <laughs> uh, I believe I believe I called it Death Copter, and it's actually Hatred Copter. I actually, uh, after the show last week, I went and looked up that video on YouTube. Um, so I, I was about to do a, a Kyle apologizes segment for getting that wrong. Uh, but fortunately you called me out. So, uh, he says there are two Guitar Hero games with Death Clock songs. Guitar Hero 2 had Thunder Horse and, uh, Guitar Hero, some acronym that I'm not certain what it means, uh, had Bloodlines. Um, and then he says, keep up the great work. You guys really make Becca and me laugh. Uh, and then he says, P.S., how does your computer read? <laughs> it does pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not perfect. Um, uh, it says robot in a really cool way. So that's cool. Uh,. I have a program called Notepad++. It's basically an open source replacement for the Notepad that comes with uh, Windows. And you can have plugins installed on it, and one of the plugins is a a text-to-speech. So basically I just copy the text into that program and then run the plugin on it. So That's good to know. Yeah. There's your 
I didn't know you, that either. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Microsoft also has a built-in thing, uh, as Melanie and I discovered in like episode two or three, uh, yeah. when I tried to get it to read <laughs> one of our first emails. Um, and it ended up reading all of the the tabs and all of the menu information instead of the actual text. Yeah. Yeah, that's more for uh, for people with uh, vision impairment, right? So they they. Although that still wouldn't be very useful for them to, to <laughs> yeah, it's, all that it's a it's a usability thing, and and as yeah. it's reading like each tab or each each menu item, it like highlights it on the on the UI so that if you hit spacebar, it'll sort of like open up that item or whatever. So, right. uh, so yeah, it's it's mostly for like you said the vision impaired, um, but it also does uh, does do the text to speech thing. So. So you're saying it's not designed for for cool computer voice? <laughs> not as far as I know. There might be there might be a way to just get it to read text without doing all that other stuff, uh, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. So. Uh, okay. Well, that's that's all of the email stuff that we got. Um, I don't think we got any voicemails. I haven't checked, but normally it uh, sends me an email if we get one. So. Uh, was there anything else that you guys wanted to mention before we shut this thing down? I was going to say, yeah. I think um, once this podcast really takes off, that Stephen will be a great fact checker. Yeah. For, <laughs> yeah. Uh, determining what we got wrong and what we got right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. One day, uh, if any of us becomes famous, um, he'll be like, he'll have all these facts about us. And maybe run a trivia show or something. <laughs> yeah, like a pop-up video. Like he's gonna yeah. have his own, like uh, his own like commentary track that runs alongside yeah. all of our. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, Stephen. Well, um, Stephen has his own podcast uh, with somebody. I sorry, I don't remember um, your friend's name. Uh, I remember her. Nickname, which is Riboflavin. Um, so uh, if you guys haven't haven't checked out the podcast, go listen to it. Uh, it's called the R&R Podcast with Ryan and Riboflavin, uh, which are neither of the two people's names. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, uh, it's pretty funny. You guys should listen to it. Um, and Stephen, you should really... Uh, I don't know what it would take to get that onto iTunes, but you should get it onto iTunes because it's, uh, I can't listen to it on my phone, so... Uh, so there's that. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, do you guys have anything else? No. No. All right. Well, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, as always. Uh, Steven, as always. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll just start combining them into, uh, uh, Philip Stephen Hoffman. Uh, okay well that's going to do it for the show thanks everyone for listening um, and we'll talk to you next time bye Thank you.
Oh, Roy just farted. <laughs> <laughs> She's been farting a lot lately. I think we need to change her food. <laughs> so bad. Um, I clicked record just in time to capture all of that. 